As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. Hey everyone, this is Molly and Matt, and we're the hosts of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult, a podcast from Ruby Studio and iHeart Podcasts. It's a show dedicated to helping you figure out the trickiest parts of adulting. Like how to start planning for retirement, creating a healthy skincare routine, understanding when and how much to tip someone, and so much more. Let's learn about all of it and then some. Listen to Grown Up Stuff How to Adult on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Grown Up Stuff. Grown Up Stuff. Welcome to Strictly Business, Variety's weekly podcast featuring conversations with industry leaders about the business of media and entertainment. I'm Cynthia Littleton, co-editor-in-chief of Variety. Today my guest is Henry Munoz III. Munoz has many titles and roles in his career, architect, activist, philanthropist, entrepreneur. But for this conversation, he's the new owner and chairman of Funny or Die. Funny or Die was founded in 2007 by Will Ferrell, Adam McKay, and others as a home for short-form video at a time when video on the internet was a lot more herky-jerky than the 4K-quality material we watch now on streaming video platforms. Munoz acquired Funny or Die and its content library last year. He is the son of activists from Texas who grew up to join the family business. He's also a trained architect, and he counts the late Texas Governor Ann Richards as a key mentor. She appointed him to roles on the Texas Transportation Commission and to run the transit system in San Antonio. He's also served as a Democratic activist and big-time fundraiser through numerous ventures. Of late, he is a co-founder of the Somos Community Care Healthcare Network that serves New York City. In our conversation, Munoz is candid about his background and what he describes as his journey as a brown gay man from Texas. His enthusiasm for using the Funny or Die platform to change culture and foster unity in this much divided country is very infectious. That's all coming up after the break. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. 
Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Hey everyone, this is Molly and Matt, and we're the hosts of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult, a podcast from Ruby Studio and iHeart Podcasts. It's a show dedicated to helping you figure out the trickiest parts of adulting. Like how to start planning for retirement, creating a healthy skincare routine, understanding when and how much to tip someone, and so much more. We're back with season two of the podcast, which means more opportunities to glow up and become a more responsible and better adult, one life lesson at a time. And let me just tell you, this show is just as much for us as it is for you. So let's figure this stuff out together. This season, we're going to talk about whether or not we're financially and emotionally ready for dog ownership. We're going to figure out the benefits of a high yield savings account. And what exactly are the duties of being a member of the wedding party? All that plus so much more. Let's learn about all of it and then some. Listen to Grown Up Stuff How to Adult on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Grown Up Stuff. Henry R. Munoz III, chairman of Funny or Die. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. You were something of a surprise bidder for Funny or Die last year when the company went on the block. Tell us what it was about the opportunity that attracted you. Why did you buy Funny or Die? Well, Cynthia, it was kind of a surprise to me too. (laughs) I think I was at one of those points in my life where I was trying to decide what would come next. I I have been working in the streets of New York for the last several years, taking care of the health of poor people and immigrants, the working poor, um, communities of color, people who don't speak English very well. The last two years of it have been devoted to testing and vaccinating people. And I, I had decided with some of my friends who gathered around this moment to create a coalition that could share information with people across the country, particularly Latinos around um, what to be prepared for in um, this pandemic. And that's what introduced me to Funny or Die. And I think I just fell in love with um, the fact that that's a business that seems to have blended political um, thought and philanthropy and comedy. And I think the country needs a laugh right now we need to we mm-hmm. need we need some humor and so the combination of all of those and the fact that i'm a person who has undertaken change in many industries particularly on behalf of my community the latino community uh, made me decide that maybe funny or die was the right next step was there something that you saw was there a a sketch or a bit on funny or die that caught your attention that that led you to the site or had you been aware of it generally Well, I spent a few years of my life as the finance chairman of the Democratic National Committee and worked very closely with the president 
Obama, with President Obama at the time. And of course, we all remember that moment of President Obama and Zach Galifianakis between right. ferns, right. using humor really to educate people about um, signing up for the Affordable Care Act and, and creating more access to health care. And, and so that moment, I think I was, you know, I was a little bit involved in that. And so that moment of using humor and using culture um, to connect to people who need help, I think is, is where I first really became aware of the rich history of Funny or Die. Henry, let's take a step back and tell us about the business, the different businesses that you have built and sort of the operation that you had that allowed you to do the Funny or Die deal. <laughs> well, I've never been involved in a business that I was educated to undertake. So <laughs> when I was a very young man, uh, I was um, living in Texas. I'd gone back to Texas after college because my father had gotten sick. And somehow out of that experience, found myself in architecture. I'm not a trained architect, but I think at this point, I'm a really good architect of change. And, and that business, um, in combination with some my political activity, you know, I had, the great, I had a great mentor. Her name was Ann Richards. She was funny, mm -hmm. right? And she used her big personality to create change, to create a new Texas. And I was a part of that movement. I was the transportation commissioner for the state of Texas for almost four years. Very, I was very young. And it taught me a lot about the difficulties of moving institutions and bureaucracies forward. It also taught me that the stories of my people, of my community, weren't the stories that were in museums or archives or libraries. It taught me a lot about if you're going to build a building, design a, a university, for example, that it's important that that university look like the people that we're hoping to inspire. So that started about a 30-year journey to try and imprint on the built environment, on architecture and urban planning, the cultural traditions, the history, the storytelling of Latinos in this country. That led me to um, the board of the National Board of the Smithsonian Institution. I'm very happy that I just was elected the chairman of, of the newest board, which is the board to create the National Museum of the American Latino. And that is what introduced me to President Obama. And President Obama really was the person who taught me that I could change, create massive change in cultural institutions and businesses. So uh, long story short, I found myself working to change healthcare in New York City, and that has been eight years now. And I'm not a doctor, but um, I have learned how to create a closer connection between a very confusing system and people in this country, and in particular, people who don't necessarily speak English, just like my grandmother, um, when she needed medical attention. And mm -hmm. we've figured out a way to do it uh, at a more affordable cost and improving quality and doing what really needs to happen, which is allowing working people to have the same approach to wellness and preventative care and not to wait until it's too late to get into the hospital. So I have built a business in Texas and built a business in New York. Both of them are involved in this kind of intersection, right, mm -hmm. of design and politics or government. And, and now I want to do what has not been done, I think, in 
in the entertainment industry is to bring that same kind of leadership, ownership, and um, inclusiveness to entertainment on behalf of the Latino community, communities of color, gay people. I mean, you know, somebody said that when um, I was announced, when it, what the surprise announcement of who the new owner of Funny or Die was, they said, oh, yeah, he's Latino. And they go, oh, it's worse than you think. He's gay, too. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I would I would really hope that we were in a world where where I would hope that nobody would think that, but the very least not say it to your face. But I realize I'm not delusional. We're not in that world, which just I'm guessing I get the sense that that's the kind of thing that just motivates you that much harder. Well, you know, I was raised by two activist parents who my father decided when he graduated from school that he wanted to use his education to help other people. And my mother joined him. And, you know, I spent a lot of my time when I was a little boy on picket lines. You know, I went to private school, but I was on a picket line mm -hmm. every weekend. And I think the lesson I learned there is that when there is, you know, injustice finds its way into the daily lives of many people. And you don't, many times I've been asked, well, where is the great leadership in the Latino community? And I say, it's us. You know, we don't have to wait for a hero. We're our own heroes. And and I think there's a lot of people like me who are in very modest ways trying to create that change. And that's really what the country needs right now. And a good laugh. <laughs> Definitely. Um, how Have you found parallels in your activism work and, and your business work? It, it, I guess I should ask, are there similar skills to being, to, to help to generate a movement, to help to lead people to an understanding or to help you know, lead people to a healthcare site. Are there similarities to doing that kind of work and similarities to doing the business work of, you know, profit and loss statements? And do those, do those two activities have common threads? It seems like they do. Absolutely. I mean, I think everything I've ever done has been an intersection of activism, philanthropy, um, good business sense, and, and culture. And it didn't matter whether it was an architecture doesn't matter whether it's in healthcare. It doesn't really matter whether it's in entertainment. It's all about bringing those um, strengths together and and educating people. Really, the fastest growing demographic groups in this country, the future audiences, the future consumers, the people who are born here, the people who are youngest, who are going to move this country forward, and educating them. Um, dealing with their identity in a different way. And so I think all of those things coming together, at least in my career, have been the strength upon which I've been able to accomplish massive change within business, a new model of healthcare, within real estate and architecture and urban planning, a new architectural language that mm -hmm. that, that is that is about the blended cultural identity of a place like Texas that unites people. And I hope that's what, what Funny or Die is going to be in the future, because one of the things that really attracted me to the leadership of Funny or Die, all of whom are there, even Will Ferrell stayed as a shareholder and an owner, is that they were willing to evolve the studio into a place that is funny, original, and diverse. And that really looks at a new methodology of storytelling hand in hand with building upon, you know, the platform that they were successful um, at building originally, but now needs to evolve into the 21st century. 
Mm-hmm. What, I mean, can I press you? Do you think obviously Funny or Die has built, made its name on short form comedy? A lot of, you know, a lot of things over the years really went viral. They were certainly one of the, one of the forerunners of things going viral. I think about some of those fun early Will Ferrell uh, bits with his, with his daughter. Uh, those were really funny. And I remember watching those on more herky jerky internet than we have today. Um, but I will say like, like a lot of entertainment, if, if, as I look back at, I think about it, that the number of Latinx, the number of artists of color were more few and far between. That is for sure. Well, I think if you look at the history of funny or die, people would look at that moment and say they were innovators in social media and digital media, but that part of our culture of the popular culture, global popular culture, um, continues to change. I, I think that we're at a moment in the history of entertainment where the voice of, for example, Latino and Latin American people is becoming a global language, right? A global voice. I, I think uh, that, you know, that the best way I would describe it is that funny, original, diverse, where the programming of or funny or die also evolves from, you know, I don't think anybody, it's not a surprise if I say, hey, the ori- origins of funny or die were kind of bro humor. Okay. I love that. I don't want them to stop doing that, but I want us to be more inclusive and to reflect you know that what the young people in this country, the identity that they that they share, um, what they'd like to see in their entertainment, the stories that they want to tell, um, the way that they deal with identity. I mean, they don't even just look at themselves as Latino, right? There's so many components to what it means to be, you know, here. This is my identity. I mean, I started this conversation that way. I'm brown. I'm Latino, and I'm gay. I'm a businessman and I'm an activist and I'm a philanthropist. I have many interests. And so I, I'm really working very hard with a group of people who have been at Funny or Die for a long time and a new generation of talent at Funny or Die to open up that aperture. We just mm-hmm. bought a very funny book called Ola Papi, uh, the story, a very humorous book of essays by a young man who, um, you know, kind of bluffed his way into being the advice columnist for grinder you know somebody of my age mm-hmm. we didn't even, we don't even know we didn't know what grinder was but you look at the these amazing stories that people have to tell and you say let's it, let's invest in that talent and let's invest in, in those stories and i hope to bring more of that um to funny or die to fod and i think we are we're all committed to it how, in terms of how the company is operating, has have you changed much? I mean, I realize a lot of the operations are in Los Angeles. There's a studio. Do you do you tend to keep that status quo? Or do you think you'll expand the studio business? Well, I definitely think we're going to expand what we're doing. I, I don't know what that means in terms of expanding geographically. I'm comfortable being on a plane all the time. I think that there's incredible content being created all over. Uh, the country and across the globe, really globalism is something that everybody is interested in. How do you take what we are experience here and translate it um, in the same way that things are happening in other places and translate it for our audiences? And so 
I would have to say, yes, we're going to expand the meaning of Funny or Die. We're going to expand, expand the audiences of Funny or Die. We're going to forecast trends in the Latino community, for sure, and in communities of color. We're going to really take a hard look at what identity means in this moment. And we're going to look at our traditional strengths, and we're going to mine that foundation of comedy because I think there's not enough great comedy uh, creators that are being recognized by this industry yet. And we're going to move all of that forward. And that's going to be something that's very good, both for my business and for this industry and for the young people uh, around the globe who are looking to have a laugh and to see themselves, you know, on um, in the media. It's important. Don't go anywhere. There's more to come from Funny or Die owner Henry Munoz III. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a and b with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. Hey everyone, this is Molly and Matt, and we're the hosts of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult, a podcast from Ruby Studio and iHeart Podcasts. It's a show dedicated to helping you figure out the trickiest parts of adulting. Like how to start planning for retirement, creating a healthy skincare routine, understanding when and how much to tip someone, and so much more. We're back with season two of the podcast, which means more opportunities to glow up and become a more responsible and better adult, one life lesson at a time. And let me just tell you, this show is just as much for us as it is for you. So let's figure this stuff out together. This season, we're going to talk about whether or not we're financially and emotionally ready for dog ownership. We're going to figure out the benefits of a high-yield savings account. And what exactly are the duties of being a member of the wedding party? All that, plus so much more. Let's learn about all of it and then some. Listen to Grown Up Stuff How to Adult on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Grown Up Stuff. back with more from Funny or Die owner Henry Munoz III. How about Funny or Die and just in terms of as a business, do you still see largely, it'd be largely advertising and content licensing would be the revenue drivers? Do you have any any sense of transforming it from a from the business side? Oh, absolutely. I think we're already transforming. I think that if you ask the people at Funny or Die, what the future brings. I think that this idea, I've created a development fund, for example, long form content. They've never had a development fund. I mean, they couldn't invest in, in real quality work. I mean, they created quality 
um, shorts, digital programming, right? Mm -hmm. But they never had the freedom, the creative freedom, right? To to take on that movie or that television series and, and to own it and to develop it. And that's something that we're doing right now. So I, increasingly, I think that Funny or Die is going to be a place that um, invests in both new content, new media, and also traditional content television programming and movies that um, maybe with crea young creators and people who have never had an opportunity to have um, that, that, that first um, movie or television, that first book um, to be a success. So I, I, we're definitely evolving. Mm -hmm. Do you, um, how did you finance the transaction? Do you have partners in the deal? Did you, um, did you bring in, uh, did you bring in any kind of investment financing or anything like that? No, I took a big gamble on my own. You know, I, here's one thing I, I, I think you'll find about me and every single thing that I've done. I'm, I'm not a billionaire. Right. I'm not I don't have that kind of wealth, but I am a person. My dad used to tell me when I was growing up, no peso, no so. And so many. times, <laughs> that's, a good, that's a great saying. You know, many times, you know, we sit over to the side. Right. The Latino community sits to the side and we say, wow, I wish we could do this or we could do that. And I think I'm lucky in that because of my hard work. I'm in a position in which I actually have the opportunity to invest in something. So I personally invested in Funny or Die. I'm lucky that my husband, Kyle, um, decided that it was a good thing to do. And while maybe originally I thought I was going to be kind of an absentee owner, I think everybody agrees now that as a team, we're building something that is stronger um, both financially and in terms of the opportunity that it's creating and the stories that it wants to tell. And I have a great faith that that investment is going to pay off. And, and maybe at some point, the scale of it and the opportunity to, for example, create a Latino um, emphasis or a Latino studio um, that is a part of Funny or Die or sits next to Funny or Die will be, you know, of a scale that I can't afford. Um, but at this point, this is a, a journey of activism, passion, and personal belief in a, a, a place that, um, interestingly enough, just celebrated its quinceanera, April 12th, <laughs> quinceanera, the 15th anniversary of Funny or Die. And I'm, and I'm so honestly honored to be an owner of a studio in Hollywood. There aren't many of us. Uh, and I, and I'm, it's not lost on me. You know, I had this session with these young Latino, um, not just creators, but uh -huh. managers and agents. And, and there's the, you know, I like I'm sitting there and they're 29 years old and 30 years old and 32 years old. And I said to them, you're a big deal. Can you imagine if you told your stories, what that little, all of those young people were sitting in Texas and California and Louisiana and New York and all of these places who look and say, I wish I could be that. I mean, it's not me. It's them. Look at what they're doing. And so, you know, I'm very, very hopeful that Funny or Die, this kind of marriage of, of, 
a movement of inclusiveness and good business because I believe this is good business. You know, I'm going to, I've been telling the people that I've met in the entertainment industry, you know, many years ago when I was first appointed to the Smithsonian board, I think I was the first Latino ever appointed to serve on the board of the nation's museum. Mm. Right. And it, and it had been 150 years already. And so the, the idea there that it was anything except in the best interest of the Smithsonian institution to reach out and include the stories, the objects, the audience development of the fastest growing population of people in this country. And once people know that, I mean, look at the, the future of the people who are going to buy television sets and refrigerators. Their last names are Diaz and Munoz and Ramirez. Those are cars people. and cell phones and you name it. Absolutely. And so, you know, it, it makes great business. I, I mean, I think we maybe nobody yet has quite figured out the magic formula for how to deal with them yet, how to reach them, how to inspire them, uh, because it is a complex issue. I mean, mm -hmm. we're not we don't we're not one thing and young people don't identify purely as Latino. And we want to be a part of this country. We're Americans. We aspire to be Americans. With many, many cases, we come to this country hoping, honored by that opportunity. So it is complex, but it is also good business. And I think that this industry and the industries that this industry sells to when uh, they have an opportunity, when I have an opportunity to explain it to them, I think that they'll buy into it. I mean, and you look at it, you, we need to laugh, <laughs> right? We, we need humor. It gets us through our most difficult moments. I'm so proud of our, this movie that we're producing with Roku called Weird. You know, the story of Weird Al Yankovic. He was one of my famous, my favorite <laughs> uh, recording artists when I was younger and it stars Daniel Radcliffe. And so there you have these two generations, Lin-Manuel Miranda wanted to come do this part in this movie because he's always been a fan of Weird Al. You look at that, or you look at we're producing, you know, with one of the people you just talked about, uh, Stephen Colbert, who decided that one of his first projects outside of the late show should be Pickleball, a special about pickleball. I mean, is there any more lighthearted diversion than pickleball right now? But, you know, we need that, too. And so, you know, I, I'm my dirty little secret is that I'm I can be funny and I love being around funny people. And the people at Funny or Die, they understand the importance of laughter. Do you see any more acquisitions in your future? You think will you, will you bolt on or you're, you're going to build with what you got? Cynthia, are you challenging me to uh, keep acquiring? You know, um, I'm a good shopper. <laughs> and, and I do know that as the industry continues to evolve yeah. and as the ideas at Funny or Die continue um, to evolve and to grow and to and the aspiration there. Uh, continues um, to move forward, that it is likely that there will be uh, 
let's call it, could be an acquisition, could be an enhanced scope, could be other talent that needs to be brought to the table to accomplish what we want to accomplish. I mm-hmm. think everybody understands that. Mm-hmm. And the good thing, I always say this, they make fun of me for saying it, but I'm not intimidated. Maybe it, maybe it's because, you know, I'm a pretty lucky guy. Um, I'm very happy. I definitely have been through a life where I understand just how lucky I am to come from where I've come from, um, to fight for what I believe is right, and to have succeeded, not only for myself, but for other people. And I am not intimidated by challenges. I'm invigorated by challenges. And I love opportunity because the more you create opportunity and the more you let people uh, come in, the better off we all are. So I don't think we're, this is just the beginning for funny or die. This is the, this is absolutely the first moment. It hasn't even been a year yet. I'm proud of what our team has been able to create. I'm proud of the people that we've been able to add to the team and we'll see what the future brings, but I think the future is going to bring uh, more and better content creation spread across platforms in a very interesting multicultural manner. Well, we definitely eager to stay tuned. Henry, you kind of touched on it a bit at the start, but I'd love to know what were what were some of the formative experiences? What what really set you off onto the path that you are on today? And it is a very unique, you have a very unique sort of role for yourself. What what led you to where you are today? <sighs> You know, definitely um, growing up in South Texas, the son of two activists, seeing, you know, firsthand that economic development there was a $1.25 minimum wage for um, the farm workers. I think, you know, my mom, (laughs) I just opened, I'm a co-producer of Funny Girl on Broadway. And when I decided to get involved in it, Sonia Friedman, the lead producer, said, why do you want to do this? And I said, so funny, because when I was when I tried to come out to my mom, she said, oh, mijo, don't worry about it. I knew you were gay when you came out of Funny Girl Singing. You know, I think that kind of (laughs) I think that kind of unconditional acceptance and love I was so lucky to have. I had a great mentors. You know, I had uh, Ann Richards was, I think about her every day and the things that she taught me about equality and how hard fought that comes. And the fact that she gave me a job and said, you know, you really don't want it. I didn't want it. It's going to be difficult. It, you know, you're probably going to hate me when this is all over. I didn't. But but it wasn't easy. To, it was the same thing. It was like, how do you change the system in Texas to build economic development through infrastructure where none existed? It was hard, but it taught me so much about my power mm-hmm. to change American institutions, change transportation, change the, the nation's museum, change the landscape of national parks and monuments. You know, I I'm so proud of, you know, working with um, President Obama and Vice President Biden to create a national monument at Stonewall. You know, I I think I'm the only person who ever took the president of the United States to a gay bar. (laughs) (laughs) 
but I did. And he went and he is the only president I think to ever, I don't know. But I, I, I think he definitely was the only president to go on an official visit. So, you know, I, I, there have been moments. Mm-hmm. There have been mm-hmm. mentors. They have been married to um, a real belief that we have nothing to lose when we're not afraid and we stand up for who we are. And we realize that the country is stronger when we're willing to invest in ourselves, invest in our country and move our businesses forward, move our cultural institutions forward. And at the end of the day, move the next generation of leaders forward with us. That's a lot of important work. Henry, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about about your work and your vision for Funny or Die. We will definitely stay tuned. Thank you, Cynthia. Thanks for listening. Be sure to leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. We love to hear from listeners. Please go to Variety.com and sign up for the Strictly Business newsletter. It's free. And as always, be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Strictly Business. <laughs>